six. This is Jim Fetzer, your host. Welcome to Authentic News, right here on RBN Live, this 21st of February, 2024. Simulcasting on Speak Free Radio, we begin with the U.S. vetoing a Gaza ceasefire before the U.N. Security Council, which puzzled me because only yesterday I was reporting that the United States apparently had changed its attitude and was going to call for some kind of ceasefire. But apparently the difference is the one that they have vetoed today was calling for uh, an indefinite or even a permanent ceasefire, whereas the one the United States is willing to endorse is only temporary. In other words, they don't want to call off the slaughter momentarily. They want to allow, uh, permanently, they want to allow it to continue endlessly, which is about as disgusting as it gets. But that's where the United States stands today in the eyes of the world. We are not just a corrupt, but a sadistic, savage nation that does not deserve the respect of the world. Thus, AntiWar.com reports, the U.S. on Tuesday vetoed a resolution at the U.N. Security Council that called for a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. It marked the third time the U.S. used its veto power on the council to block a call for an end to the Israeli slaughter of Palestinians. The U.S. was the only member to vote against the resolution, which was introduced by Algeria. The U.K. abstained, and all 13 other members voted in favor. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, I bet she's an affirmative action appointee, slammed the Nigerian effort. Proceeding with a vote yesterday was wishful and irresponsible, and so while we cannot support a resolution, that would put sensitive negotiations in jeopardy. Right, give me a break. We look forward to engaging on texts that we believe will address so many concerns we all share. This is just, you know, rubbish. Meanwhile, Russia alleges... U.K. advisors, British military, downed that Russian IL-76 carrying the POW Sputnik. A Russian media outlet reported that an unnamed source alleges that Russian aircraft carrying Ukrainian prisoners of war shot down over Belgrade was under the direction of British advisors to Kiev. The report implies the attack was executed in a rushed and uncoordinated manner due to severe pressure. According to the unidentified source, British advisors in Kiev exerted pressure leading to the decision to strike the IL-76. The action was carried out hastily without coordination with the air defense headquarters in Kiev for verification of information related to the aircraft movements over the Belgorod region. It's crucial to note, however, Sputnik does not disclose any additional information about the source, name, position, nationality. That's okay. I'll bet they got it right. I'm still baffled as to why it happened. 
Maybe it was a case of mistaken identity. Meanwhile, a Russian pilot who stole a chopper to defect has been found shot to death in Spain. Maxim Kurzmanov, target of Russia's Secret Service, was found murdered near his home now Alicante six months after defecting to Ukraine with a helicopter. I dare say Russia's Secret Service caught up with him. Meanwhile, Ukraine has a distinction of becoming the largest market for distribution of human organs. This is from South Front, which, as I've explained, highly reliable. Illegal trafficking of human organs is currently one of the most discussed aspects of the criminal world, alongside of illegal drug and weapon trade. Surprisingly, I'd say actually unsurprisingly, Ukraine has become one of the most active suppliers of human organs, despite being primarily associated with countries in Latin America. Since the start of the conflict on its soil involving Russia, Ukraine has seen an emergence of black transportologists who operate in the shadows. But when you got a war going on, when there's so much chaos, children and others can simply disappear, and who knows where the hell they went. You have no idea. There's no accountability, so it's easy to traffic by just stealing individuals who have organs off of the street and then executing them by virtue of dissection. You want to know something? You said it. You said it. Okay, okay, uh, you know what I'll say? Yes. More going on. It's a big week for Israel at the International Court of Justice. On Friday, Israel faces a deadline for demonstrating that they have adhered to the court's demand that they cease all genocidal activities as they block aid, threaten an invasion of Rafa, and stand by as more than a dozen ministers attend an ethnic cleansing conference. I think it's fair to say Israel has not only failed to meet its obligations, but has in fact doubled down on the cruelty and incitement that led the court to rule they are plausibly committing genocide. More on that one, though, later this week. But yesterday, another case began oral arguments in front of the ICJ, an attempt to obtain an advisory opinion that Israel's occupation of Palestine is in breach of international law and is therefore illegal. Of course, the illegality of Israel's occupation and settlement policy is kind of hardly disputed at this point. That's why Israel and her defenders are mostly arguing against this court action on technical legal grounds rather than on the merits. Israel has opted not to participate in the oral arguments at all, submitting only a written brief and denying the court's legitimacy on the question. Following Monday's hearings, a spokesperson for the Israeli Foreign Ministry released a statement saying in part, that the Palestinian Authority was, quote, trying to turn a conflict that should be resolved through direct negotiations and without external impositions into a one-sided and improper legal process. They further called on Palestinians to settle the dispute through direct negotiations with Israel rather than through an appeal to international law. Of course, the statement is rather nonsensical, given that Netanyahu and his government have repeatedly made clear they have no interest in a negotiated settlement that would grant Palestinians their basic rights to self-determination. So over the course of three hours on Monday, the Palestinian team made the case that Israel has imposed on Palestinians the horrifying choice of, quote, ethnic cleansing, apartheid, or genocide. 
Furthermore, Palestine argued that the Israeli occupation violated a core tenet of the law surrounding military occupation, that it be temporary. In reality, the Israelis have made quite clear to their own people, to the Palestinians and to the world, that they fully intend to permanently exercise full control of the entire area from the river to the sea. Just one more indication of how Israel doesn't give a damn about international law, has no respect for the rights of human beings, is willing to violate the Hague and Geneva Conventions willy-nilly. Meanwhile, Antiwar.com reports, Israel is demolishing buildings that construct a road in Gaza to cut the Gaza Strip into two parts. Israel is demolishing buildings to build a road through central Gaza that will cut the strip in two, demonstrating Israel's long-term plans to occupy the territory. Israel Channel 14 reported on the road being built in an area known as the Nazarene Corridor. A new road known as Highway 749 will separate Gaza City from the rest of the strip. Israel has created a one-kilometer buffer zone to the north and south of the road, similar to the zone it's created along the entire Israeli-Gaza border. More indication of their despicable aim to take utter control of all of Palestine, regardless of the claims of the original inhabitants to their own land. Meanwhile, attacks on the Houthis aren't working, U.S. confirms that Houthi struck two U.S.-owned cargo ships. U.S. Central Command said the Houthis fired two missiles at Sea Champion, a Greek flag but U.S.-owned grain carrier, causing minor damage. They also fired at the Navas Fortuna, Marshall Island flag, U.S.-owned bulk carrier. It also caused minor damage. It was able to continue its voyage to Italy, Something odd about these reports, because the first ship allegedly was destined to aid in Yemen. Houthis have declared they're only attacking vessels that have cargo headed for Israel, with whom they are at war. Meanwhile, another report, this time from Newsmax. Attacks on ships drones show Houthis can still fight, despite U.S.-led airstrikes. Gee whiz, are you really surprised? I mean, the Houthis have been subjected to eight years of airstrikes by Saudi Arabia using U.S.-made planes and bombs and probably piloted by U.S. pilots. So do you think now more planes and bombs, U.S. planes and bombs and U.S. pilots are going to make a difference? Despite a month of U.S.-led airstrikes in violation of international law, I add... Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels remain capable of launching significant attacks. This week, they seriously damaged a ship in a crucial strait and downed an American drone worth tens of millions of dollars. The continued assault by the Houthis on shipping through the crucial Red Sea corridor against a backdrop of Israel's war on Hamas underscores the challenges of trying to stop the guerrilla-style attacks They've been used to hold on to Yemen's capital and much of the war-ravaged countries north since 2014. This is very misleading. It's not acknowledging the Houthis have declared war on uh, Israel. They've not acknowledged the Houthis control the government of Yemen. They've not acknowledged that they're being selective up for, to the point where the U.S. and the U.K. began attacking them. They were not attacking U.S. or U.K. ships.
But now, of course, they are fair game. Here's Tobias Langdon with a piece on UN's review. Israel Uber Olas. The Rochdale by-election exposes the Zionist control of British politics. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. There's only one problem with opposing identity politics. All politics is identity politics. Anyone who says otherwise is either a fool or a fraud. For example, the American pseudo-conservative Ben Shapiro, born in 1984, is a fraud. He's a strongly identified Jew in Israel firster who tells his white followers to eschew identity politics. He wants them to ignore race and emphasize character. He promotes the lie that America is based on ideas, not on identity. As he famously said, I don't give a good damn about the so-called browning of America. Color doesn't matter. Ideology does. But would Jamiro be indifferent to the browning of Israel? Of course not. When he says he opposes identity politics, he means he opposes the wrong kind of identity politics, anything that threatens Jewish interests. This guy, Tobias Langdon's got it right. Meanwhile, Kevin Barrett, how Israel corrupted America. This again is on Un's uh, review. Very, very good. Extract. Good to be back with you guys and talk to me as Israel's harmful influence on the United States. I suppose I could talk for many hours about that, but I'll boil it down to 15 minutes. And, you know, where do you even start? I guess people might start back with the foundation of the Federal Reserve in World War One, and argue that Zionists had a hand in that undermining of the Republic. But I'll start in 1948 when the state of Israel was created by an act of genocide. The Zionist leaders had always known that to have a Jewish state in Palestine, they'd have to kill or expel the native Palestinians. They didn't advertise that too blatantly, but they said it many times in so many words. Now, the average ordinary Zionist didn't know that. So there were Jews who went to Palestine thinking this is a wonderful thing, and we'll cooperate with people there and such. But the leadership knew it was a genocidal project from the very beginning. And so in 1948, the Zionists began massacring the local Arab population, going from village to village, bayoneting everyone to death, raping the women, and then, then killing them, and committing these horrific atrocities. The most famous village got the treatment was Deer Yassin, but there were a few hundred, actually. They were widely advertised by the Zionists themselves. After they'd murdered everyone in the previous village and raped the women and killed them, they would go with the soundtracks to the next village and tell them, get out or else, and then strafe them from the air as they fled. Again, Kevin Barrett got it right. Meanwhile, hundreds marched through Manhattan calling for a Gaza ceasefire. This is Andrew England, who writes quite a lot about these matters. Here's Spider Monkey, who's tweeting. I'm on the ground of the steps of the New York Public Library. Students are walking out and gathering to protest Israel's bombing of Rafah. Multiple cops are already and watching the action like always. 
the rally is set to begin 30 minutes from now, good. The more rallies, the better. Meanwhile, the Julian Assange judge, who's going to rule on his extradition, was previously made to represent the interests of MI6 and the Ministry of Defense, whose activities WikiLeaks has exposed. So since Julian Assange, using WikiLeaks, has exposed corrupt activities of MI6 and the Ministry of Defense, and this is a judge who's on their side, does anyone expect he's going to get a fair shake? Think about it. Ain't going to happen. Meanwhile, Citizen Watch report. UK conscription. Why the youth won't fight for the United Kingdom? One has to wonder what happens when the banks or WEF Creeks can't get their slaves' cattle to fight because they're so dissatisfied with them. I guess that means they will lose everything. Ironic. Maybe there's justice after all. Native Brits won't fight because migrants are being collected from the English Channel and put them in five-star hotels. Migrants won't fight because they're sick of the Brits complaining about them and saying they don't want them. So why should they bother? Maybe the elite should go to the front lines themselves. Worthy. We had a congresswoman proposing precisely that, as I previously reported. Meaning, meanwhile, Arab Americans urge voters to ditch Biden. They want him to resign. President Biden is receiving flack from Arab American grassroots organization, one calling for him to resign because of his support for Israel, urging voters to select uncommitted for Michigan's Democrat presidential primary on February 27th. Arab Americans are feeling betrayed by Biden's support for Israel in its war against Iranian-backed Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip after Hamas massacred more than 1,200 Israeli citizens and took about 250 others, including infant and women hostages. But remember, that was allowed to happen at the very least. May have been completely an inside job. Netanyahu just needed a pretext to slaughter Palestinians. And in response, he's gone all out. Not the least striking aspect of what he's doing is how it is disproportional to the damage allegedly inflicted, even if you assume that Hamas had massacred more than 1,200. Maybe he's massacring 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. He's going for millions. He's going for broke. Biden has an outright call for a ceasefire and has tried to negotiate with Israel for a temporary pause to allow for a return of remain hostages, some of whom are believed to be American. The U.S. on Tuesday also vetoed a widely supported U.N. resolution calling for immediate humanitarian seizures. We already know right back after this break. Standing six foot four, weighing 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science, analyzing broad. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. 
you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Charles de Gaulle once said, actually, it's difficult to envision in this regard any other criterion, any other standard than gold. Yes, gold, which does not change in nature, which can be made into either bars, ingots, or coins, which has no nationality, and which is considered in all places and all times the immutable and judiciary value par excellence. So when the question is, why gold? It's simple, my friends. The answer to that question is simply, why not? Like it or not, precious metals will always be the world's reserve currency, even though nations do not define their currency by their worth and say gold. Individuals still buy gold and silver to protect themselves from inflation. The more money a nation's central bank pours into the economy, the less value its currency, the dollar is, which means the price of everything else rises. $21 up for a bag of dog food. Seeing that the dollar is cheap, That's why the cost of everything goes up. It's because the buying power, the value of the dollar is tanked. It's worth nothing. And the gold that your family would have owned in 1907 will buy at least the same amount of goods, if not far more. William McPhee once stated, it's extraordinary how many emotional storms one may weather in safety if one is ballasted with ever so little gold. The truth about money, gold versus cash in a crisis. Gold, a valuable thing to store. The power of gold in times of crisis. Historical sketch of paper currency. Oh, and beware the Ides of Rare Coin Dealers and Alan Greenspan's speech on gold and economic freedom. How interesting. I'm going to give you gold and silver in five easy lessons. Seeking out the most efficient and most secure route to owning gold and converting it into widely accepted currency is the next best thing to enjoying gold-backed currency, my friends. In a world of central bankers hell-bent on devaluing our savings, you need to own private gold standard. Contact me, Jeffrey Bennett at Kettle Moraine Limited, by calling our phone number at 602-799-8214. That's 602-799-8214. Paul Craig Roberts on the genocide of the West. Our NGOs, non-government organizations, another example of liberal goody-two-shoes, good intentions gone wrong, or are they an organized plot against white countries? Whatever the answer, NGOs have certainly done enormous harm to white countries. After many years of negligence, Putin finally partially cracked down on Western finance NGOs that were organizing disruptive events in Russia and green the image of Putin as a dictator. Putin's government required foreign finance NGOs to register as foreign agents. We won't even do that with the Israeli lobby, even though it's a monster foreign agent. Documented reports from independent journalists have established that NGOs are spearheading the immigrant invaders 
overrunning the United States. As I recently reported, NGOs are actually recruiting people of color into the ranks of immigrant invaders, providing them with transportation money and maps of pathways to the U.S. border that are supplied with accommodation, food, and health care. Among the most important NGOs underwriting the immigrant invaders seem to be the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, of which the current director of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, himself a Jew, was a board member until December of 2020. According to an article on a Substack, HIS has received $100 million from the U.S. government in the past three years. If this is true, and the Biden regime is underwriting the immigrant invasion with U.S. taxpayers' money, no surprise to any of us. That's exactly right. Here we have a development in Colombia that their ELN would respond to force with any break in the ceasefire. A lot has been going down. Here's from Bogota. Colombia's National Liberation Army, ELN, rebels, will respond with military force to any break in their ceasefire with the government. Leader Antonia Garcia told Reuters, predicting that the current stage of peace talks will end in 2025. We'll see how that plays out. Meanwhile, Donald Trump faces a potential fire sale of his prized business assets. Former President Trump could face many of his properties being sold by the government at fire sale prices if he refuses to pay the fine issued to him following his civil fraud trial in New York, a former White House counsel said. Can he stiff them? No, John Dean, who served under Richard Nixon in the Watergate sale, told CNN Saturday. What's going to happen is the attorney general will come in. They'll seize the properties. They'll liquidate them at fire sale prices. And that'll take more buildings than he could probably negotiate. I don't think it's going to happen because it appears Trump is going to put up what he has to put up as collateral in order to undertake the appeal, which is the whole sum plus interest. Here we have a private equity fund manager, one among many, announcing he's not going to waste time researching business opportunities in New York after the Engron ruling. Engron called Trump's perfectly normal business practices a crime, ruled that Trump owed the state $355 million, but that's not all. As Volkop conspiracy reported, Engron also put a Clinton-appointed judge in control of Trump's business empire in New York State. This is a definition of tyranny. New York State just stole President Trump company from him, which is a, a widely held view. Meanwhile, other businessmen say they will no longer invest in New York after just Engron's Trump ruling. Some real estate investors are losing interest in investing in the Big Apple after New York Supreme Court Justice Arthur Ingeron's staggering ruling in a civil fraud case against President Trump. Trump and Trump Organization exec were ordered on Feb 16 to pay $355 million in fine plus interest after the justice found them liable 
for inflating the value of their assets to obtain better rules from their uh, uh, better interests from their lenders. But it's just ridiculous. Here, here's a nice critique from Jonathan Turley, whom I admire greatly. Turley points out the poison pill in the Trump fraud case and how unjust it is. George Washington law professor Jonathan Turley has ripped apart the weaponization of the law against former President Trump, noting how unusual the application of the statute was, particularly given there were no victims and no one lost anything. Turley defends Trump. Not a single dollar lost by these victims. In fact, the people that James, that's Letitia James, the attorney general, calls the victims, actually wanted to do more business with Donald Trump. They said they made a lot of money. We'll be right back. the face that she keeps in a job by the door. Who is it for all the lonely You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. 
owner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been Lives in a dream, waits at the window Wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door Who is it for? All the lonely More on this gargantuan abuse of the judicial system in New York City. He noted how the fine was more than $455 million, including interest, greater than the gross national product of some countries. People are now prevented from doing business with Trump as they would like because of the decision. He noted the law had never been applied before in such a case. The New York statute has been on the books for decades, has always been something of an anomaly, not requiring an actual victim or loss to justify disgorgement or fines. Even the New York Times agreed it could not find a single case in history where the statute was used against an individual or a company that did not commit a criminal offense, go bankrupt, or leave financial victims. But on top of that, Curley noted the poison pill that in order to appeal such an unfair decision, Trump would have to come up with a full amount or a bond covering it just to a bill within 30 days. The judge's order also forbids Trump from borrowing from any financial institution chartered or registered in New York for three years, so he can't even borrow to pay any of it from any bank in New York, an additional unfair aspect, grotesque. It's going to have a massive boomerang effect. Meanwhile, a presidential historian has revealed that Jill Biden is the reason Joe ran again. She likes power, wants revenge. A presidential historian said during an interview over the weekend, one of the main driving forces behind Biden's decision to run for re-election was his wife, Jill Douglas Brinkley, author of The Unfinished Presidency. Well, CBS News on Face the Nation on Sunday that Jill Biden has done the exact opposite of what other first ladies have done. You know, both former President Terry Truman and LBJ decided to leave office because their wives told them they didn't want to serve a second term. She is a vital part. Dr. Jill Biden is, you know, if you go back, 1952, Harry Truman could have run, but he didn't. Why? Well, the Korean War, and you know, other reasons, but Bess wanted to go back to Independence, Missouri. She didn't like Washington. Cut to 68. Lyndon Johnson was quit in March of 68. People say it was because of Walter Cronkite. No. The big thing was 
His health was bad. He had a bad heart smoking, high blood pressure, tension. Lady Bird didn't want to stay, and she wanted to go back to Texas and convince Lyndon to step down. Well, I think Bobby getting into the race had something to do with that, too. Meanwhile, Jill's efforts may be in vain because he's not going to be on the ticket anyway. Joe Rogan reveals who the 2024 Democrat nominee is really going to be. If I had a guess, and it's just speculation, I'd say they're saying up Gavin Newsom for it. Many have speculated the Democrat Party will remove Biden from running for someone else who's more competent, might threaten President Trump. There's been plenty of speculation about Michelle taking up the mantle. Is it possible it's going to be Gavin Newsom? I've explained already my prediction it's going to be Newsom with Michelle. And we'll see how people feel about voting for a man with breast implants and a huge shaving bill. Meanwhile, the Pentagon has announced it's developing naval drone swarms for war with China. The U.S. Navy will test surface and underwater drone swarms next month in preparation for a future war with China in the near term. American defense officials warned that war with China over Taiwan could break out at any time. The U.S. is developing drone swarms in other domains for war in the Pacific. Well, I think the Chinese have a lead on us here. They already have a small army inside of America. Gatestone Institute experts secure the border, or we're going to be fighting on our own soil, as China has been planning the destruction of the United States for decades. China already has a huge military presence inside the United States, according to multiple sources, so they've been planning the destruction of America for decades, if not longer. The influx, spoken about below, migrant. Part of the end game, not the beginning, is China prepares to drop the hammer on the USA. They softened us up with COVID-19, harming us economically, emotionally, and mentally. And now they're completing their invasion of America with tens of thousands more military-aged men. Yes, we've noticed. Meanwhile, here's another report from the Gatestone Institute. China's infiltrators. They are coming here to kill us. China's Communist Party is at the moment putting in place the infrastructure in America to attack America. In Reedley, California, near Fresno, American authorities found a secret Chinese biological weapon lab with at least 20 pathogens, including one for Ebola, almost a thousand mice that had been genetically engineered to spread disease. Chinese agents, in addition to hobbling Americans with disease and gunning them down, could bomb power stations, attack military bases, start wildfires, poison reservoirs, or create terror in dozens of ways. These tactics come straight out of Unrestricted Warfare, a 1999 book written by two Chinese Air Force colonels, first published by the PLA Literature and Arts, publishing house of Beijing. The colonels argue that China can and should employ any tactic in attacking the militarily superior United States. Now, Americans can see how Beijing is operationalizing the suggestions in this how-to manual. I think he's got it right. Meanwhile, Tucker 
is interviewed and suggesting that mass migration is destroying the country. That one is behind a firewall. But Tucker's obviously got it right. Meanwhile, the Gateway Pundit has reported on something that may have slipped past our memory. The missing Crossfire Hurricane Binder. President Trump demanded its contents be released. The FBI wants it hidden from the American public and will do anything to prevent it. The now infamous binder contains hundreds of pages about the Crossfire Hurricane scandal. This is to sabotage Trump as a candidate or his administration should he be elected. It contains damaging information about the corrupt actors involved in our government. Two different attorneys general have defied President Trump direct lawful order to publish a binder in the Federal Register. It's been over three years now, and the DOJ continues to defy the presidential order in every FOIA request to make it public. Can we now raid the homes of former acting AG Monty Wilkinson and current AG Merrick Garland to find what you need to find? You can still find a link to the memorandum on the declassification of lawful order that is being disobeyed. Here we have French democracy establishing a medical tyranny. Well, they've taken a page from our experience here. This is Paul Craig Roberts again. Professor Michael Chosadovsky, Director of Global Research, has examined the new French law that defines dissent from official medical narratives as sectarian aberration and criminalizes dissent from medical directives such as the MRA vaccine is safe and effective. In other words, that's going to be a crime in France. You didn't think it was already a crime here virtually. The law also creates a new crime called provocation to abstention from medical care. A French citizen is guilty of a crime if a person refuses a vaccine or medical treatment handed down by authorities. Had the law been in place during the mass vaccination campaign with a deadly RMA campaign, all who refused would have received three years' imprisonment and a $45,000 euro fine. This ensures that next time, everyone will receive the vaccine. Because if you refuse, you will be imprisoned. And the prison rules will require you to be vaccinated. Think about it. How bad can we get? This is utterly disgusting. Here we have the 10 countries with the highest number of firearms per capita. Interesting survey. I haven't checked. By my hypothesis, if they have the most guns, they have should have the, the lowest homicide rates. But it, it, it may be there are exceptions to the rule. If I can... What happened? Where are you here are the 10 nations. Oh, it's a video. Here's why the privacy and of course, we got to worry about getting past the ads ubiquitous now. 
say more about Jonathan Turley. This is, uh, if I, you should use. I need you know to catch this. Is Most people throw chemical drainers in their... T- Jonathan Turley, I was explaining, spelling it all out, how bad it's become. A poison pill. So who's going to issue a bond under such risky condition where Trump can't even borrow money from institutions in New York for three years? Turley noted his decision shocked the conscience of anyone concerned about the integrity and fairness of the New York legal system. Many, including investors like Kevin O'Leary and Grant Cardone, blasted the decision, saying that, This would adversely affect anyone who might have wanted to invest in New York and that they would now go elsewhere. Both said they would not invest in New York now. Governor Kathy Honchow desperately trying to salvage a situation too little, too late, claimed business people had nothing to worry about, that this only applies to Trump. Curly pointed out that's part of the problem. The best that politicians like Honchel and Adams, the mayor of New York, can offer is that you have nothing to fear from confiscatory actions unless you are Trump in New York, which is precisely why this decision should be overturned. What is clear is that this case would never have been brought, let alone result in this massive fine, except for politics. For example... If you are the NRA, Letitia James, the Attorney General in New York, will seek your destruction for financial irregularities. But if you're Black Lives Matter or Al Sharpton's National Action Network, there's little real risk in such controversies. If the only protection in New York is the discretion of figures like Letitia James, few businesses would relish the future. The message is that You can expect blind and equal justice so long as you don't run afoul of the Democrats in power. Business people would never know if they might come up on the wrong side of the Democrats. And that's a scary thing. The very antithesis of the rule of law by which we are supposed to be governed. Trump attorney and his spokesperson, Alina Haba, was still defiant, saying they would come up with a bond by calling out how disgraceful it was, Hava said. What they are trying to do is put him out of business. It's not going to work. She deemed it a scare tactic and said they were picking on 
the wrong guy. Here you have Hurley himself addressing the question. You know, part of the, the disconnect here is that you have what will be over $455 million uh, if you include interest. And then on the other side of the ledger, you have zero. There's not a single dollar mm -hmm. lost by these victims. In fact, the people that James calls the victims actually wanted to do more business with Donald Trump. They said they made a lot of money and they viewed him as a whale client. They wanted more loans with him. It so there it is for you. Outrageous. I mentioned about Jill. Here's here's a nice piece from Face a Nation. Check this out. For some historical context on this President's Day weekend, we're joined now by Douglas Brinkley. He's a presidential historian and the author of many books, including The Unfinished Presidency. And we're joined by Amy Parnes, a national political reporter. Her latest book co-author with John Allen Lucky chronicles President Biden's 2020 campaign. It's oh, uh, environmental front. He put as much land as the state of Alaska, uh, uh, of California aside. Um, Jimmy Carter looks good by comparison. Himself is becoming frustrated with what is happening. And you see what you see that they're trying. They're looking at the polls and saying, OK, what can we do better? How can we communicate our strategy more effectively? Because I think they know when they're being candid with you that they have failed. And when you look at the Biden campaign, it's not only President Joe Biden, it's Vice President Kamala Harris. What's her role in the coming year as this campaign heats up? Well, first off, it, it really looks like it's going to be Biden-Harris, and you're reading all these people thinking Biden's going to drop out, and I, I don't believe it for a minute. Certainly not until, say, June. I mean, Joe Biden's going to collect all the delegates and own the Democratic Party, uh, and hopefully he'll go on with Kamala Harris. That's their plan. Now, if Biden had to drop out for some reason, I would say poll numbers hitting 22%. Uh, um, then they'd have to probably turn to Kamala Harris unless they were going to do something at the convention, like with the Michelle Obama, uh, Admiral McRaven ticket is some sort of a well, vast surprise. But that's pie in the sky. It's, it's very pie in the sky. But I've noticed, Doug, that Jill Biden, the first lady, has been out front working with the president, uh, urging supporters to rally behind him. Do you believe she's a vital part of this campaign? She is the vital part. Dr. Jill Biden is a hit. You know, if you go back to 19... Right back. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. 
I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilaji as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. February is heart month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Tucker Carlson on Putin, Russia, and American decline. Tucker, of course, as we all know, recently interviewed Russian President Putin and then joined Muscovites in traversing the Soviet-constructed Moscow metro system. We marveled at the Russian capital's apparently clean and orderly underground. He also visited a grocery store in the hope of ascertaining firsthand whether sanctions on the Slavic nation have had an impact on citizens' shopping experience. Coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how they live, it'll radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. And we're not making any of this up at all, by the way. Beck told Carlson it would be not be hard to replicate such cleanliness and order if one would allow for the kind of totalitarian overreach and bloodletting seen in nations like North Korea, that behind such glimmers of utopia-linked monstrous systems alien to America. There are a lot of people on the right and the left that are both saying, screw the Constitution, we need a radicalized leader, said Beck. When you look at Orban, I think Orban is great for his country, but that's not our system. The only path forward for America is through the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Beck, I think, is quite considerably to the right of Tucker. He agreed, making clear over the course of the interview, contrary to recent complaints leveled against him, he's neither a flack for Putin nor a fan of strongman authoritarianism. Rather, the point of his foreign trouble 
was to shake Americans out of the resignation to the very domestic trend steering America off the path and toward authoritarianism. Tucker, I'm advocating to a return to America of 1993. Is that really radical? No, I don't think it's very radical. In fact, I think we should be demanding it. You should not put up with this. I don't want to hear the excuses. It's not acceptable. The people who run our country are destroying it, and they're doing it on purpose, said Tucker, with what they've done at the border, completely changing the population, laying millions and millions of people who have no connection to the United States, can't possibly help our economy, can't possibly unify our very fractured civic culture, whose loyalty and knowledge to the United States is completely in question. In fact, their identities are in question. Tucker indicated this engineered demographic upheaval is taking place amidst an important opioid epidemic, costly multilateral initiatives abroad that overstretch the U.S., talking about both Ukraine and, and Israel, manufactured race hatred and lawlessness. He suggested to Beck that the destruction underway and the disenchantment that follows altogether a means to break down resistance to a potential status over correction and authoritarian regime. We have the laws. They're not being enforced on purpose, said Tucker. And of course, the reason is because people will lose faith in liberal democracy, and then they'll welcome a strong man. That's exactly what this is all about. The communists did it. It's like a color revolution. It's coward ribbon said back. It's happening right in front of our eyes. And I'll take your calls during the second hour. Stand by. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 